Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. If you don't know me, my name is Joe Lugo. I serve here at Local City Church where hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And it's very exciting to serve in a place where everybody's younger than I am. It makes me feel young. That's why I put on white pants today. I hope that's still in style, I'm not sure. But uh, I grew up in a small little town up north on the East Coast, it's called Brooklyn, New York. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And uh, one of the great things about Brooklyn, New York is pizza. I didn't get an amen on that. That's okay. You can't say amen if you've never had New York pizza. It's a spiritual experience. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the person to your left right now, because we're going to be talking about pizza today, and tell them I'll have the pizza. Now look at the person on your right and tell them, don't touch my pizza. You know, I'm reminded of a story that I had heard a while ago, and just recently I heard it again. And I want to share it with you because it's just a story that had so much impact on my life, a story that really got me thinking. And when I heard it again, it just kind of triggered all these things. And, and one of the most important things about the story is that it's about pizza. So, But I want you to see pizza in a different light as we have this conversation today. And, and just kind of be open to the idea that pizza might be more than just bread, dough, sauce, and a topping. So this is little boy, right? He's, he always goes out to dinner every Friday evening with his family. And school's going to end, and, you know, Friday's the last day of school, and that day his parents said, hey, we're going out to eat, we're going to your favorite restaurant, you can have whatever you want. Little boy got very excited. Imagine if somebody said, I'm taking you out to eat to your favorite restaurant, and you can have whatever you want. Can I get an amen? Amen. Wow, you guys aren't hungry. You're not hungry, but that's okay. We'll be hungry later. And so the boy gets excited. He gets home. He gets dressed. The time comes, and they go to the restaurant, and everybody's at the restaurant, and they're sitting at the table, and he's watching all these dishes go by, and he sees a pizza go by, and he says, wow, I've never had that. I want to try something different. That looks good. You know, the kind of pizza, thin crust. You know, it has the cheese, and then it has the cheese, and then it has the cheese. And underneath that cheese, they use this tomato sauce. It's like glue because it holds the cheese to the bread. I don't know how it does it. And then they take these perfectly sliced pepperonis, not too thick, not too small. And they're placed strategically so that every time you take a bite, you get a bite of pepperoni. You hungry yet? Can I get an amen? See, this is the problem. Here in Florida, they have pizza, but they don't have New York pizza. I'm sorry. I've tried. There's been some good pizza, but there's nowhere in Florida that I have found, not even Miami, 
not Orlando, that I have found New York pizza. And this is how I know pizza is good, is because when you go into a place, they say New York-style pizza. When you go to New York, you never see Florida-style pizza. You never see Wisconsin-style pizza, right? The only one you see is Chicago-style pizza, but I'm not sure that's pizza. That's dough, a lot of dough, a whole lot of dough with a little bit of everything else. Okay, so getting back to the story, the kid sees the pizza, and he's like, wow, that looks amazing. So everybody orders, and mom and dad go, hey, what are you going to have? And he goes, you know what? I think I'm going to have the pizza. And his mom and dad kind of look at him. Well, dad was kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know how dads do. Yeah, whatever. As long as he eats it, I don't, you know. And then whatever he doesn't eat, you know what? I'll eat it. So it's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. So mom goes, you sure you want to have the pizza? You never have the pizza. You always have the burger. You sure you want the pizza? So the little boy thinks, and he goes, yeah, she's right. I never have the pizza. I always have the burger. No, no, I'm going to have the pizza. And she goes, whoa, what, what if you don't like the pizza? You like the burger. You've had the burger. You've eaten the burger. What if you don't like the pizza? Little boy thinks again. He goes, hmm, I've never had a pizza. What if I don't like the pizza? Maybe she's right. No, no, I want the pizza. I'm going to have the pizza. Then his mom goes, what if the pizza makes you sick? You've never had that. You don't know how you're going to react. And then she says, and also, the pizza is more than the burger. And that's when dad jumped in. And he goes, yeah, she's right. Pizza's more than a burger. You should have the burger. And the little boy thought again, and he goes, you know what? They're right. Waitress comes. What do you have? I'll have this. I'll have that. And young man, what will you have? And he says, I'll have the burger. Now, I think about this young man. And it reminds me of so many instances in my life where I had an opportunity to have the pizza, but instead, I had the burger. You see, this little boy wanted to try something different, something new, but he didn't. He eventually listened to what everybody else was saying, and I'm not so sure that that's always a good idea. You know, how many times in life, I'm getting too close to the edge of the stage, I'm going to step back a little bit. <laughs> um, how many times in life have we had an opportunity to do something different, but we didn't? But even a deeper question is, how many times in life do we desire something different, but we don't do something? Because if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. And if you don't like what you got right now, do something different. Have the pizza. Sometimes we listen to everybody's voice. 
you should have this, you should do that, you should go here, you should see this, you should go here, you should marry this one, you should go to this school, you should take this job, you should, you should, you should, you should, you should. And then when you do what you should, you realize ain't nobody around you who told you that you should have. You're stuck with your should, and now it becomes a would. Sometimes you just got to have the pizza. No matter what you hear, no matter what people say, sometimes you just got to have the pizza. And the great thing about pizza is that there's cheese pizza. I could do like, I could do like Forrest Gump with the shrimp. Anybody seen Forrest Gump or is that too old for you? Okay, so far in the boiled shrimp, fried shrimp. I do the same thing with pizza. I can tell you about pizza you've never even heard that'll blow your mind, change your life. Get you closer to Jesus. It's a spiritual experience. And that's the great thing about pizza. If you decide to have the pizza, there's a lot of different ways that you can have it. So I wonder how this little boy grew up. Could you imagine if that was the pattern? Every time the little boy wanted to make a decision, no, you should do this. No, have this because this is what you've always done. No, you really shouldn't go out there. No, don't play with that. Don't play with them. Don't read this. Don't look at that. Now, here, hear me out. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't, as a parent, put in your two cents. What I am saying is that as a parent, you should be wise enough to know when to and when not to let them have the pizza. But you should never stop them from having some kind of pizza. Because when they grow up, could you imagine what that little boy was like? Should, should, I, should I study computer science? No, no. Should, should I study engineering? No, no. How about marketing? No. Um, business? Uh, um, um, marine science? Uh, uh. Imagine what it's like going to a restaurant or somewhere with this young man. I'll have the, uh, the steak, well done. I'll have the, no, 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 never mind. I changed my mind. I have this one. No, give me the number seven. No, no, no. How about the number five? Tell me about the number eight. How's your steak? How's your chicken? I mean, could you imagine what it would be like? Because that little boy throughout his life was ingrained that he could not make a decision for himself. I don't know. I don't know the boy. Sounds like me sometimes. But I don't know if the boy grew up having decision issues. Sometimes we need to listen to the still, small voice in our mind spirit. That little boy's voice at that time was saying, have the pizza. Have the pizza. And everybody else around him was saying, have the burger. And there were 15 million reasons why he should have the burger. And then the last one was, hey, the burger's too expensive. It costs too much. I mean, the pizza's too expensive. It costs too much. Have the burger. And sometimes we'll convince ourselves out of things. We'll convince ourselves out of amazing, wonderful, glorious experiences that God has for each and every one of us. Because we're afraid to do something different. 
You know, I hear it all the time. Oh, I'm stuck. Uh, I don't feel God anymore. Oh, you know, I, I just feel like my relationship with God is stuck. It's, st- it's starting to stink. and The water's not moving. I'm just stuck. You know, my first question is, have you tried the pizza? Have you done something different? I don't feel God anymore. Well, then get out of where you're not feeling God and go where you feel him. I'm just not hearing God anymore. Well, open up the Word of God. Read it. I just don't feel like God's talking to me anymore. Well, get on your knees and stop praying. This is not rocket science, and neither is pizza. It's dough, it's sauce, it's cheese, and toppings, and God's blessing. Sometimes we just got to listen to that little voice that says, maybe you should have the pizza. And you know, in the Bible, that book that now is on everybody's phone, it was a book at one time. I, I hope you know that. It wasn't always digital. Like, it, God didn't give Moses the, the iPad. He said, here's my Ten Commandments on two iPad tablets. When it says tablets, it's talking about stone, not that. Just, I just, you know, just in case, in case anybody in here didn't. And so, so in the Bible, there's so many people that, that had this experience, had an opportunity to pick the pizza, to choose the pizza. And, and my favorite, one of my favorite verses, because this is what happens, we get afraid. But what if I don't like the pizza? What if the pizza, what if, what if, what if, what if? Here's a verse, and I don't want to take it out of context, you should read the whole chapter. But here's the verse, 8 and 28. They say that Romans chapter 8 encompasses the Bible, and verse 828, which is up on the screen, encompasses what 8 is about. And it says, and we know that God, who? Who? You guys okay? Who? Okay, now we're getting there. You're thinking about pizza, I know. know. Uh, And so we know that God causes everything. What does he cause? What does he cause? Even people who eat burgers? Mistakes? Bad choices? Stepping away from his will? Going down paths we shouldn't have? I think that word everything means everything. To work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. All right, I got a question. So you might be thinking, well, I love, you know, this whole thing is for those who love God. Who loves God? I can't see because of the light, but I'm assuming. Who loves God? All right, all right, good, good, good. Blinded by the light, reference to your older folks. Who's with me on now? You know, you, you young folks have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, so, okay, and so, so that's, you love God. So if you love God, then you're called. You know, even if you don't love God, the reality is that you're called. Did, did you know that? Salvation is a calling to everyone, whether you love him or not. And so all things work for good together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So you're called. You love God, you're called. You meet the criteria. Therefore, 
no matter what happens, if you trust God, it will work out. Oh, man, I can't. Somebody better give me an amen up in here. Come on, people. That's good stuff. No matter what you do, you might suffer. You might go, oh, I messed up. But at the end of the day, God has this unique talent that nobody else has. And he could take our mess up and make it into a bless up. Do you know what that means? I'm going 1980s on y'all. Bless up. Okay, so bless up is, you know what mess up is. Everybody knows what mess up is. Bless up is when you take your mess and you use it to bless somebody else who's about to step into the same mess, but you stop them from doing it. Right? So you bless them up, man. Bless them up. Look somebody's hand. I'm going to bless you up. Not I'm going to mess you up. Don't say that. I'm going to bless you up. Okay. And so in Genesis chapter 21, we find our first person. You remember Hagar? Remember Abraham and Sarah and, and, and that whole thing? I'm too old. I can't have a kid. And then Sarah goes, well, I'm going to help you out. And they have this baby. She gives her, this, her, her handmaiden, her servant. And then Abraham has a baby with him, with her, right? Remember the first child? And Hagar was the servant. And so after a while, you know, God blesses Abraham and Sarah, and he's true to his promise, and he gives them the son. And, and I, sometimes I hear people, well, that was the son of the promise. And I go, no, no, they're both sons of the promise. And I hear a lot of people sometimes say, oh, man, I made a mistake. I had an Ishmael. That's terrible. That's terrible. Because Ishmael was also a son of that promise. You don't believe me. All you got to do is read what it says. Look what it says. So, so anyway, so Sarah gets upset. She sees that one, the older son is teasing the other one. She goes, you know what? We ain't having that. She must have been Spanish. Because she said, you've got to go now. Right? Vete pa tu casa. Right? So Abraham goes, oh, I'm sorry to do this, but here's a. Here's some water and some milk and some cheese and some bread. And you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay up in here. Go. And she leaves. And the Bible says that she got out into the desert and it looked like she gave up. She, the Bible says that he was, she uh, went a bow's throw away from him, left him under a bush. A bow's throw is probably, I don't know how far I could shoot a bow, but I would imagine it's like 50 feet. She went. And she sat down and she started crying. She said, we'll just die. We'll just die. But God, I love that phrase, but God. And then it says, and God heard the boy crying. And the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's the matter? I love that. God always does that. He's like, no, you can't tell? You can't see God? I mean, what's the matter? What kind of question is that? The reason he does that is because what he's about to do is going to blow your what's the matter out of the water. And you need to know it. So he goes to her, don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up. Take him by the hand. Hear me out. For I will make a great 
salvation out of him. So the next time you said, I just had an Ishmael, you better, you better mean it in a great way. Because God took this young man and created a great na- nations came out of him. So now Sarah's sitting there and going, do I have the burger or do I have the pizza? Do I believe God or do I believe what I'm seeing, what my environment, what my situation is telling me? Well, if you don't read the rest of the story, I want you to know she chose the pizza. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, we find another character that we have heard so many stories about. He grew up, right? He, he was supposed to die from, from an uh, edict that the king gave, killing all the firstborns. And then his mom put him in a river. I watch a lot of Discovery. How many people watch Discovery? How many people remember the crocodile hunter? You do? Moses was the original crocodile hunter. Because they put them in the Nile. I don't know if you watch Discovery like I do, but there's lots of crocodiles. There's crocodiles, crocodiles, dinosaurs, plesiosaurs. There's all kinds of things in the Nile. All kinds of things, all kinds of things. And God kept them safe until Pharaoh's daughter, you know the story, grew up in the palace, realized who he was. He got mad. He beat up on some dude. He saw some dude beating on another Hebrew, killed him, ran away. He could have believed all of that, right? He was shepherding. He was with his his father-in-law hanging out. I'm sure his father-in-law is telling him all kind of things. People are telling him all kind of things. He, people know who he is. It wasn't like he was hiding it, right? People had heard of him. And then it says, as he was one day just kind of going through the motions, going, I lived in the palace. I was going to inherit the kingdom. I was the man. And now look at me. God said to him, I will be with you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? He said, I will be with you. God always starts something like that, right? He says, don't worry. I'm going to tell you to do something ridiculous. But don't worry. I'm going to be with you. I love that. And he said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that, that to you that it is I who have sent you. He, he's telling Moses, not only am I going to be with you, but I'm going to tell you how this story ends. And he says, when I, have brought you, when I have brought the people out of Egypt, you, and that's a plural you, will worship God on this mountain. And, and a lot of times for us, we have a narrative and we believe the narrative. You, you believe your narrative sometimes? Hold your back? I can't do that. Why? Because my people don't do that. We don't do that. People of Israel, you, Moses showed up and said, hey, God's going to free you. No, nah, we don't do that. We slaves. We don't do that. We don't do freedom. But God took Moses' narrative and changed it. What did Moses say? Moses said, hey, um, God, you made a mistake. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I don't speak well. I stutter, I trip on my words, and you want me to talk to who? Genesis again, chapter 50, verse 20. Remember this guy named Joseph? Joseph and his 12 brothers? Remember that guy? That guy went through it. You want to talk about a man who had a lot of but God moments? 
Joseph had a lot of but God moments. And at the end of everything, they sold him. They threw him in the pit. They told his dad some wild animals ate him. Then they sold him to slavery. He went through the whole slavery, worked his way up, got into Potiphar's house, was in charge of it, then got thrown back in the dungeon, went through all of that, did a whole bunch of stuff, but God moments, then climbed his way back to be second in command of Egypt. And then not only that, he had a chance to get revenge on the very people who started that crazy process. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, and this is what he tells his brothers, right? His brothers are terrified. We're going to die. We're just going to die, right? And this is what he says. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for what? For what? You like good? Then come on, man. For what? All right. He intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Oh, I love that. I love that. Joseph could have chosen a burger. He could have made burgers out of them. But he chose the pizza. He chose to do something different. 1 Samuel 17, 45, you know this guy, David, a man after God's own heart. He had some shortcomings, but God still called him a man after his own heart. In chapter 17, verse 45, you know, there's this whole thing going on. And David's whole life, you know, he was, he was shorter than his brothers. Um, his brothers were like warriors. They were like, they looked the part. And when Samuel went to go look for the next king, he looked at all the brothers and he said, man, they all look like kings. They all look like warriors. And God said, but that's not the one. So could you imagine all his life growing up with that complex of his warrior brothers? And they kept him out in the back, taking care of sheep, fighting lions and bears. I'm going to tell you right now, that's more than a warrior than any of his brothers. And then later on, we find out that it was true, right? So David is watching this whole scenario of the Philistines, just mocking Israel and mocking the army and making fun of God. And he was, he was okay until they, started, until they started making fun of God. And he said, no, no, ha, stop, stop. You ever had some pizza? You're about to. You're about to have some pizza. And so he goes and he steps in and he says, I'm going to fight this guy. And they're like, you? No, no, I'm going to fight this guy. And not only am I going to fight him, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Because nobody, nobody insults God and gets away with it. Not my God. Nobody insults God's plan and purpose and people and gets away with it. Not my people. And so in verse, in verse 45 it says, David replied to the Philistine, You come with me with sword, spear, and javelin, yo, this, kind, this guy came stout. I mean, he had, not only was he like over nine feet tall. You watch NBA, seen this new kid that they just drafted, number one. What is he, French? I didn't even know the French could grow that big. But this guy's like seven feet plus, and he's a beast, and he handles the ball like a point guard. That's like saying, okay, cover him, Joe. And I'm going to be like, we play baseball. We don't do basketball. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, right? 
So David says to him, you come with me, you sword, spear, and javelin. Now, David had a little slingshot, and he had some stones he picked up on his way. He had some slingshots, so he, was, he had something. But he doesn't start. He doesn't lead with his, I'm a master aiming slingshot machine. This is what he says. You come to me with all that, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Come on, y'all. Y'all, y'all too quiet. I know it's summertime. But yo, you, you, me, David, we come in the name of heaven's armies. So when you're facing something, when you see that giant, you let the giant know, you can come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Because I'm coming at you. Look behind me. Oh, okay. Step, step, step. That's right. We need to understand what we got at our disposal. We need to understand the power and the authority that God's given us, the ability to take our pizza and slap that giant in the face with it. So he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defiled. Mm, I love that. And you know the rest of the story, right? Not only did he knock the giant out, he cut his head off. That's a little gruesome. There's kids in the audience. He knocked them down and disposed of them. I could only imagine. You know what the head of a nine-foot, over nine-foot person looks like? I don't either. But I know David lifted it up and said, yo, here's your, here's your boy. Here's your boy. You got any more? They were like, nope, we out. Bible says they jetted. They've gone. But if that was enough, there was this woman at the well that had an interaction with Jesus. This is one of my favorite stories ever because of so many reasons. We don't have time to unpack all of it now, but I do want to tell you this. In John 4, 9, it says that this woman was surprised. One day Jesus was walking around, Jewish guy, and he got thirsty. And Jesus was very intentional. It wasn't like he just happened to be there. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly who he was going to see. He knew exactly the interaction. He knew all the taboos, all the do not, thou shalt not, don't do that. But Jesus, even Jesus has pizza. He could have had the burger and said, that's a Samaritan woman. We ain't got nothing to do with that. But he said, no. This is what the story goes. John 4, 9, it says, and the woman was surprised. <gasps> Everybody look at somebody and go, <gasps> This is how I keep you awake, man. All right. Everybody think about pizza. I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to get this. So the woman was surprised. And for Jews refused to have anything to do with a Samaritan. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Like she said, this is what she said. She said, yo, you know you're not supposed to be hanging with me. You know the rules. Step. Step. And then Jesus said, if you knew who was asking you for water, you would let me give you water and you'll never thirst again. In other words, is, yeah, but if you knew who I was, <laughs> you'd be coming. 
you be bringing me water. And then I give you some of my water, and you be good. You be good. I'm telling you, I love this because this is, this is, a, this is a tradition. This was, this was like thicker than blood. This was like there was an 11th commandment. This would have been it. Thou shall not mix with Samaritans. Samaritans were a mixture of the Hebrews and other nations. So they were kind of a mixture. They were dirty to them. Can't have nothing to do with that. And Jesus said, uh-uh, we're going to break this. We're going to do something different. I'm going to have the pizza, and you're going to have the pizza. And she could have chose. She could have chose to just walk away, but she gave him something to drink. She chose to have the pizza. And in Luke 10, 41 through 42, we have the famous story of Mary and Martha. Do you guys remember the famous story of Mary and Martha? No? Well, it's in Luke 10, 41 through 42, if you want to read it. I'm going to give you the gist. So there, you know, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go come hang out at your house. They're good friends. So, so they get together and they get to the house. And, and, and one of the sisters decides, uh, uh, Martha, she goes into the kitchen. Man, it's Jesus. What am I going to make? I don't have all the ingredients for pizza. I don't really want to make burgers because I know he likes pizza because when he talked to that Samaritan woman, he chose pizza. So, so we got to make pizza. How are we going to do this? Keep the house clean. And the other one, Mary said, Go on with your bad self. Go take care of the kitchen. I'm going to hang out with Jesus. We're just going to chill. This is what the Bible says. But Lord, you want to paraphrase it? She was like, but Lord, what's up with that? Why are you letting Mary not do nothing and help me out? And so Jesus says to her, my dear Martha, you know when Jesus says, my dear Something's coming. It's like saying, oh, bless your heart. You know what that means. I don't even have to get into that. Right? She says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset about all these details. But there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Right, and this is where we're going to kind of just start closing But sometimes when we're having a relationship with Jesus, we lose focus of all the details. When God only says there's only one thing worth being concerned about, that's being with me. We run here and we run there and we do all kinds of things. We try to prepare the most complicated of meals. And all you got to do, all he desires from you is to be with you. All the other stuff, that's all bonus. God's true desire is to be with you. You know how I know that? Because he sent his son Jesus to restore the relationship between us and him. So what? So that he could spend eternity with us. It didn't say so that he can spend eternity building, constructing, working, doing this, that. He said to spend eternity with us. That's what he wants. And that's why I like pizza. Because pizza is simple. A relationship with God is simple. It's not complicated. Here's a couple of lessons I want you to take away. 
Never let your situation, and this is in your notes, define your destination. So many times we allow what's happening to us to miss what could have happened. Don't always let others decide what's best for you. Let God. Sometimes we just got to stop listening to people's voices. And always know this. There is always a but God moment to every story, including yours. And listen to me. Never, never, never. Did I say never? Because I really meant never. Give up on God and yourself. Jesus and me make a majority. Always remember that. We'll close with this thought. If you give in to your circumstances and let it define your narrative, your life may turn out very different than if you had just believed God in the first place. If you have listened to others and allowed them to categorize you, you are in danger of missing out on the best thing, the very best thing. And that is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord, because you are you are a merciful God. You are a loving God. You are an amazing God. And Father, I know, as I pray, you know everyone in this room better than they could ever imagine, better than they know themselves. You know where we are in life. You know where we're headed. You know what we're facing. You know all these things. Father, I pray today that you'd give us the courage to choose pizza, that we'd step out in faith and do something different so that we can see your glory. We can see your amazing, wonderful ways, your love, your intentions, that we would understand that the best place we could possibly be is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Pray this over everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.